The Oklahoma City Thunder just beat the Detroit Pistons on a miraculous putback shot from Jalen Williams. Did this save the season? And J-Dub looks like a star. Plus, Josh Giddy keeps playing well and so much more on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder pulling off a thrilling win over the Detroit Pistons. Did Jalen Williams put back tip in, save the season, and the way that he looks like a star in this matchup. Plus, Josh Giddy plays extremely well. Lou Dort looks good as well. Jay Will, more impactful than the box score shows, and we got Wiggins minutes, and we loved it. No SGA again tonight. Obviously, Chet, Kenny, and Lindy were all out as well. Uh, no Jared Butler minutes, no Dario Sarge minutes, and the Thunder went out there with the same starting five as yesterday. Giddy, Joe, Dort, J-Dub, J-Will. And Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara looked like an absolute star. For everyone that is sitting there clutching their pearls at the sound of footsteps from Jalen Williams coming to catch up to Paulo Bancaro in the Rookie of the Year race and saying and fending it off by saying, oh, well, uh, Paulo would be great too if he was next to Shea. Oh, Paulo uh, is only inefficient because he doesn't have a guy like Shea to help him take off the offensive load. Well, while those are true, Jalen Williams in two games without Shea uh, here playing winning basketball, playing meaningful basketball, uh, took 19 shots in this game, still hit 58% of them, had eight rebounds, six assists, a block on Jaden Ivey, 27 points, and the game-winning putback with five-tenths of a second remaining, which will likely seal the postseason for OKC if everything goes according to plan as Dallas falls to Philadelphia in tonight's contest as well. One thing's for certain, we wouldn't be talking postseason right now had that putback not gone in, had Jalen Williams played a small fraction of a percentage worse than he did today. Like if he doesn't, if he, if he's, if his production drops off even a small fraction amount, the Thunder do not win this game. The Thunder will have lost two in a row uh, against the Hornets and Pistons, uh, and, and things would be all a jumbled mess in the West, even though they'd still be clinging to the 10th spot right now because Dallas lost. Uh, it would not be looking good for the future, especially with how the schedule shakes out. So this truly did save the season through the lens of the play-in. Obviously, uh, the season's a win-win, and it wouldn't have you know technically mattered either way in the grand scheme of things. But and if you just only look at it through the view of the play-in and trying to make the playoffs, this season got saved by that by that beautiful tip-in by Jalen Williams. But it was not just that put-back last play, which we're going to talk about at length coming up. It was the profile, the portfolio, the resume that he put together in this game as a scorer. And with that scoring, he brought the energy with him. He's one of the few guys that you can count on that night in and night out 
will bring the energy, will bring the juice. He's never going to walk into the arena and have a bad night. He's never going to walk into the arena and not give you 100%. He's never going to walk into the arena and not give a total effort, be lethargic, be lackadaisical. Now, there are some nights where he his juice that he provides is not enough to make the whole team not look that way. Like, again, in Portland and against Charlotte, this team, by and large, as a total cohesive unit, looked lethargic. But Jaden Williams specifically had many plays in the last two games, which we highlighted on this podcast, uh, where he brought the juice that just could not translate over to the other players. It's like whenever you're jumping a car battery, and one car has a lot of juice in it, and t- typically you're able to jump a car from another car, but this battery is so dead that it's dead as a doornail to where it doesn't matter how much you rev the engine, it's just not going to turn over. And, and that was the last two nights for OKC. Luckily, they were able to pull out that win against Portland, but against Charlotte, they fell. And tonight, he brought that energy again, and it turned the tides in this game. But that shot-making portfolio from Jalen Williams was awesome. We know about those cross-the-lane floaters that he loves to do, but it was his ability to attack off the dribble with the ball in his hands tonight, where he's blowing by R.J. Hampton, where he's blowing by uh, Jalen Duran and setting them up with head fakes and crossover moves and his handles looking improved just in this season alone as a rookie. He had three putbacks in this game, including the game winner. He was able to score off of screens coming around them, uh, navigating the pick and roll, including that elbow jumper in which Saar just obliterated Gino uh, on that screen. And one of the more impressive parts is two plays that just so happen to, I think, both be against RJ Hampton. Uh, one, where he's just attacking the rim, fully downhill, and RJ Hampton is, is just not in the play, tries to wrap up J-Dub to save uh, the bucket and make him go earn it at the free throw line. But J-Dub finishes through that wrap-up, gets the and one, gets the crowd back into it, and obviously it's better to get three points than just the two. And another play was when J-Dub, as a rookie in the NBA, is going downhill, full head of steam, attacking the rim, lifts into the air. R.J. Hampton is perfectly aligned and out of the semicircle to be able to draw the charge, but the body control in midair for Jalen Williams is able to avoid Hampton and finish, not just one or the other, both finish and avoid RJ Hampton. And then as a passer, he was really good swinging the ball around, uh, you know, making the right pass. And one of the more impressive passes that he made was a patient pass where he got underneath the basket. He got trapped, but he understood he had time. He, he was not in danger of getting a three second call. So he knew that if he would wait, somebody would cut. It was Wiggins who cut. He hits a, a wraparound pass you know, around the hip of a defender, two against easy two points, even though the play looked dead to rights. He didn't panic. He didn't just jack up a, a shot or fling one up or, or, or turn it over, whatever. He understood how to be patient. He is beyond his years. He's only a rookie. He is beyond his years in this league. And that last play was something special that last play not only saved the season but I think highlights a lot about this team from beginning to end from the moment that that ball got thrown up in the air 
to the moment that that team walked off the court tonight, those final five seconds, I think not only saved the season, but I think laid the foundation, highlighted the foundation of what this team will be for many years to come. We'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Go over there right now to probasketballgm.com or download the app. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 100% free boosts when you do to start your franchise. It's awesome. If you've ever dreamed about being an NBA GM, this is the game for you. Because, folks, it's a game that we got started with, and the Lockdown NBA crew cannot get enough of it. We're in our own competition to see who can win the most rings, and you get in there, and you start as this kind of expansion franchise where you have nothing. You've got to build this thing from the ground up by hiring and firing the right coaches, by developing players, by making draft picks, free agency, uh, everything, training the players, putting them in position to, to succeed, and including controlling not only front office decisions, decisions, but like stuff like ticket prices. You, you can do everything in this game. Very comprehensive game. All of this in a challenging but realistic game world. Go to Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. That's Ultimate Pro Basketball GM in a free, playable offline game so you can play on the go if you choose, and you can play how you want, when you want. With the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, use the code LOCKEDON and you can get a massive boost for your franchise to get started. We're back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast to recap what a crazy night this was in the NBA. A lot of interesting stories, a lot of stories that impact the Thunder, including Russell Westbrook, turning back the clock and beating Memphis. But we are here to talk about that last play. That final play of the game. Wow. Let's just start with this. So, Lou Dort attacks the rim. There's a tie-up. It's a jump ball. Lou Dort wins the jump ball. And I am so impressed with Mark's ability to not panic here, because I'm going to go through the play. Ludor wins the jump ball. Giddy scrambles over, gets the ball from saving it from going out of bounds, and is trapped. So he's trapped in the corner, Giddy is, with five seconds left. He splits that trap with this step spin move that gets him to his back shoulder, where he's falling away, and puts up one of those hook shot push shots that, that Giddy has made before. He did that with 2.9 seconds left. Dort dives to the rim after the jump ball, which just confuses the lights out of the Pistons. The Pistons didn't know what to do because Eugenio Marui is watching this all unfold. And I and I, I think it just appeared as though Eugene thought that this giddy shot, like the, he thought, I guess he thought that the time was in such a way that the giddy shot would end the game and the wonder if he made it or missed it because he's just standing there. He got kind of caught in no man's lane. And this forces... Uh, levers to go over and box out Dort, who dove to the rim. Nobody picks up Jadub, though, who Levers left. And so Levers is kind of looking at this play and thinking that the ball is going to pop off uh, toward Lou Dort. And so he prioritized tagging Dort, pushing him out of the way, and he did a good job. If that ball would have ricocheted that direction, there's no there's no rebound, there's no putback, Pistons win. The problem is, as he rotates over to Dort to seal off Dort, because that's where the ball looked like it was going to come off of, truthfully, Nobody rotated over to pick up Jadup, or even get in the way of Jadup, or even contest Jadup, or even do anything to Jadup. 
And so J-Dub goes up and the ball comes off the rim perfectly into J-Dub's hand with 1.6 seconds left. J-Dub catches the ball at a high point off of the rim, almost as a double jump, releases the ball when the ball's even with the rim, just pushes it, lofts it forward, and hits it nothing but net. There's only 0.5 seconds left, and that is your ball game. That's your ball game. The Thunder were on the court before the final shot from the Pistons even landed. Uh, obviously, the, the shot missed. OKC won. Uh, speaking on the play real quick, I am very impressed with Mark's ability not to panic. Like, think about the, the play. The Thunder have a timeout in their back pocket. Lou Dort hit what looked like the go-ahead bucket. It's got wiped off because they're going to say it was a jump ball. And then the Thunder win the jump ball. Josh Giddy gets trapped in the corner. Looks like a disaster. Mark could have then panicked, called the timeout, and none of this would have happened. And he let the kids play. He let the young guys play, and, and Giddy ends up getting an advantage where he can get a shot off. And J-Dub is in position to clean it up. And for Mark to let the kids play in that moment, to let the kids work through that, and trust that Giddy would either call the timeout himself or get, get a shot off, I think is very impressive when you consider Mark's a really great out-of-timeout coach. His, his ATOs are incredible. Not only statistically, like not only just by the stats, but also by the NBA standards. Like NBA coaches in those, in those surveys say, fellow NBA coaches say that Mark has some of the best ATOs. Media, coaches, everyone. So he's really good at this. You have an elite inbounder in Josh Giddy. He's really good at inbounding the ball. Did not inbound the ball on this on, on the last play of the game, which was interesting. But in general, elite inbounder for Josh Giddy. And you have a guy in Jadub who can get to the rim at will, and all you need is two, all you need is two points in five seconds. You can run that play, you know, from the side where you are getting J-Dub cutting toward the basket and all is great in the world. But he let the kids play. They figured it out. They closed out the game and they got a win. That's that's huge. A lot of coaches would panic there. A lot of coaches would overcoach. And this is why I'm not going to play the results. Even if J-Dub's shot missed, I still think that the right decision there was to let the kids play. Because we saw a couple nights ago where you draw up the perfect ATO, everything goes right, J-Dub is open at the basket, you have an elite inbounder inbounding the ball who's made this pass 9,000 times, it's one of your bread and butter plays, and the pass just goes a touch too long and it goes out of bounds instead of an easy two. So like that's not foolproof either. And so to trust the kids to get out of that moment and then they do it, I think was pretty cool. But what I think signifies for the future of this team, not only the fact that J-Dub and Josh Giddy played so well, but also this team continues to be a fantastic team when it comes to vibes, off-the-court camaraderie, feelings, everything. J Will SGA, they're they're sprinting out of, of the bench. Chet's sprinting over to J Dub. They're celebrating. They're throwing water. It's just a complete and total pandemonium breaking out for OKC. 
Eugenio Marui is just sitting there taking a picture in the middle of it all with his Pistons jersey on, which is one of the pictures of the year for OKC. In the thumbnail of this video, I asked straight up about Omarui, and, and it, it, it's really telling. It's really telling whenever you hear Mark, Dort, J-Dub, everybody who's ever contacted Eugene. Cam Woods. Like I, I've talked to a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people talk about Eugene. Everyone says the exact same things about how much of a of a true-to-himself person that he is, about how much of a, of a great friend and human being that he is. And for him to have only been in OKC for this short amount of time, but touch these guys in such a way that he means this to them, I think is is telling for him just as a human being, regardless of, of basketball and anything else. And he's playing really well. He's playing really well basketball in Detroit. Uh, but nonetheless, I asked I asked J-Dub about his Instagram post of, of Omaru leaving some things at J-Dub's house. And J-Dub did say that he did bring some bags to the arena to give to Gino um, after this game was over. But the, the, the celebration, the... The guys picking each other up at every moment of this game, where you're riding the roller coaster, you're riding the seesaw back and forth, and then afterwards you win it. And no, no matter the fact that, say, you know, a guy like Josh Kitty missed the potential game-winning shot, he was happy that J-Dub hit his game-winning shot. SGA running out onto the floor to celebrate those guys, like it just all kind of col- you know culminates and means something um, for this team because we continue to see it. This is a pattern that we continue to see that this young team continues to be awesome on and off the floor. Uh, Josh Giddy was great. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, uh, which turned immediately into a pass, into a point with a pass by uh, Josh to a trailing J-Dub. We finished with the rim. Josh Giddy only shot 6 for 19, but he was a plus 11 in this game. He was 6 for 7 at the free throw line. And remember, throughout this season, we've been talking about how historically bad his, his free throw rate is. And that's not... Josh Giddy's fault. It's more so the refs, like they're just not giving him free throws. And it's something that Marcus talked about a lot of Josh is so big for his position that refs don't understand. Hey, guys are bouncing off of him, but those are fouls. Like those are those are fouls on a six nine point guard. Uh and, and he got the line seven times in this one. And so that was great to see for for him. I I, I think that the most impressive play from Josh Giddy was the pass where he gets so deep under the basket to where his foot is almost out of bounds. It's almost on the baseline. It's almost kaput. And then he pulls out this behind-the-back pass to a cutting Wiggins for an assist. It, 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 it blows my mind that he pulled out a behind-the-back pass while nearly out of bounds on the, on the baseline. That's just stuff you don't see. He continues to be an elite passer. He continues to be a quarterback. Like Not just the long Wes Unsel outlet passes. like The stuff like this, where the, the Thunder are running in transition, they find Josh Giddy at half court on the opposite side of the floor of Isaiah Joe. Josh Giddy takes it across half court, starts to starts to dribble toward Isaiah Joe, who's in the slot on the opposite opposite wing. Just Joe, I mean Joe is just getting stared down by Josh Giddy. Isaiah Joe is obviously an elite three point shooter. The Thunder are obviously comfortable letting Isaiah Joe shoot transition threes. So the Pistons obviously scramble to go rotate over to Joe and take away what they think Josh Giddy wants. Josh Giddy never takes his eyes off of Joe, throws a, a beautiful no-look pass to Wiggins, who's trailing on the play. Wiggins is able to catch it in his stride, step into the three, knock it down, and go three for three for Wiggins from three. Like, that kind of stuff, dictating the defense with your eyes, plus being able to dictate the defense with the way that you move the ball. Special playmaking stuff from Josh Giddy. He had four really nice rim finishes, really aggressive attacking smaller matchups in this one. Again, shot six for 19, 
But other than that, he was awesome. Uh, and, and even that, I, I love his aggressive his aggressive nature in this game. We'll continue talking about Wiggins. We'll continue talking about the impact that Jay Will made. But Lou Dort deserves a lot of credit too. 20 points, three steals, six rebounds, an assist. He went 43% from three. You absolutely take that three for seven for him. 46% from the floor, 38 minutes. He had a monster, monster jam. and A beautiful poster in this one, another dunk. Let Lou Dort dunk. Like, like why doesn't he dunk? Like, that, that can solve all of this if he's willing to go up that strong in traffic and willing to just simply put the ball in the cylinder. Quit trying to lay it up. It has not worked in his entire career, but dunking does work for Lou Dort. I, I think also on that note, it would have been really special for him to be able to, to not have that jump ball called and he's able to muster up a rim finish to win the game for OKC. Like What a moment that would have been for him, who's, who, who's been a terrible rim finisher his entire career. He's had a bad stretch of basketball. He's gotten a lot of heat from everybody involved. And he comes out, plays really well tonight, and almost had the game winner. Did win the game by you know, keeping the possession from the, from the jump ball uh, for OKC. And without the Pistons panicking to go pick up and, and tag Dort. There's there's no way J Dub puts that ball back because Levers would have stayed on J Dub and boxed him out. So a lot of a lot of that last play comes down to Lou Dort. And a lot of this game comes down to Lou Dort. So really good job from Lou Dort in this one. We'll talk about Wiggins, J Will, and this game by and large, including one stat I find particularly important for OKC moving forward. But first, I want to tell you right now, a bunch of friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's awesome. Go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown right now because they have fantastic options for you, especially if you're a new customer because you get a bonus bet up to $1,000. That's a uh, credit back if your first bet does not win up to $1,000. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started to sign up. And there's some pretty important games, including opening day around baseball. Uh, But let's hit up the NBA as we get closer and closer to the postseason. Pelicans Nuggets, important one in Denver tomorrow. Nuggets seven point favorites. Uh, Celtics Bucks. Celtics are three and a half point underdogs against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. So you can go check out those lines and much more at fanduelcom slash locked on. That's fanduelcom slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. listen. Subscribe to every podcast seeing uh, platform that you use and on YouTube uh, for the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. Do you think 21? Aaron Wiggins was awesome in 31 minutes. 19 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, a steal, 2 blocks, a plus 2, 72% from the floor, 3 for 3 from 3. Incredible game from him. He's a high-impact player. He brings the juice. Wiggins would make all-juice team. Like We have all-NBA. We have all-defense. We have all-rookie. If we had an all-juice team, Wiggins would be on it. Wiggins would be on an all-juice team for me. Uh, and I think that if you want to hone in on one thing, the 3-for-3 three three from 3 is great. That's awesome. Uh, the steal, the block, the, the block's great. To me, it's the motor. Especially whenever you consider the up-and-down nature of his role where some nights he's playing 12 minutes or less, some nights he's playing over 30 minutes, the elite motor that he shows on both ends of the floor to just be running, racing up and down, always in the right position, always on time on both ends. 
that is great stuff from Wiggins. Great stuff from Wiggins. Jay Will, his box score probably would not leap out to you if you didn't watch this game. Seven points, two assists, two steals, six rebounds. But he goes two for three overall. All his shot attempts were from three. Two for three, uh, two for three from three. But he was way more impactful than his numbers showed. Because he got three of the six fouls on Jaden Ivey. He was cooking in this game by drawing charges. And those charges is rim protection, it's stops, it's point savers, and as you saw tonight, and against Houston, whenever he did the same thing to Shingun, it takes away the best player a lot of the times. Who's driving at the rim? Who, who is driving at the rim the majority of the time? It's guys like Jay Nivey. It's, it's guys like the best player who has a ball in their hands attacking downhill. Now, sometimes it's other guys. Like Obviously, like he got one on on, on plenty of, of people, but like you know, plenty of other positions, and Shingun's not a guard at all. But like still, the majority of the time, he's able to pick it up on not only just an opponent, but an opponent's best player sometimes. And it completely changed the complexity of this game. Whenever the Pistons don't have Ivy for the last two minutes, by and large because of J-Will. J-Will just forced Ivy to pick up three of the six fouls by his elite defensive trait. That's really cool. Now, this stat, I think, means a lot for OKC. And it's something that we'll talk about at the end of the season a lot this summer. When we talk about the development of this team and the experiences and we look at the playoffs and say, wow, that playoff experience is going to be huge. There's also regular season experience that you can then learn and implement into playoffs whenever you get there. And, and, and as many times as you get there, which is not just this year, 41 of OKC's 77 games this season have featured clutch time minutes. And, and that is classified in the NBA as a score within five points with five or less minutes to go. Typically, young teams do not close out games. You've heard me say that the last three years, including this year. The Thunder are the second young, youngest team in NBA history, only ahead of last year's Thunder team. They're the youngest team this year in the NBA, and they're closing out games. And if the season ends today, they're in the playoffs. And they control their own destiny with the way that the Pelican schedule lines out, with the way that they have the tiebreaker over the um, Mavericks, with the Portland Trailblazers tanking the way that they're in the playoffs right now. And, 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 you know, it's just the Mavericks and jazz and, and blazers all out. They control their own destiny right now with only like four games left or whatever it is. And that is invaluable experience. Like that, that that is valuable experience that you cannot take away from this team. And there's going to be nights like last night where you didn't win the game. And you can learn how to win the game in that moment. You learn, hey, you know what? We have to start taking these things seriously. Because we didn't take that game against Charlotte seriously back in, you know, 2023. And it almost knocked us out of the postseason race. So here in 2024, 2025, we understand that this team might only have 10 wins to their name. But those are still NBA guys that are capable of jumping up and beating us any, any single night. And then you have games like tonight where, where you do find the resolve to win games. You have the games where SGA is hitting buzzer beaters. You have the games where you, know, you can just rattle them off. To play this many tight games is really good for this young team. Because for one, it's not like you expect them to be, be blowing teams out. Like, you, you expect them to beat the Hornets, right? But, like, other than that, like, you're not expecting them to go 82 games with the majority of them being blowouts. You expected this young team to be competitive, and they have been 
to the tune of 41 clutch minutes, clutch games. That stat from Nick Gallo, Bali Sports Oklahoma, and Thunder.com, and incredible guy, Nick Gallo. Shout out, shout out Sparky Gallo. But nonetheless, really cool stat from all of this. OKC led by eight points. They only got down by six. 14 lead changes, 11 ties. 14 lead changes, 11 ties with no SGA, and they found a way to get it done. Get it done. Pistons won the rebounding battle 42 to 38. OKC for 17 turnovers, but only gave it away nine times themselves. The Thunder dominate fast break points 20 to 2. 20 to 2 in fast breaks for OKC. Uh, the Thunder won points in the paint 52 46. Uh, they lost second chance points 17 to 13. OKC shot 44 34 76. Detroit shot 50 48 71. MVP of this game is Jalen Williams. He's a PTP, a primetime player. Uh, what a what a game from him. They'll try to do it again on Friday against the Pacers. We're going to recap that game afterward. Uh, tomorrow's show, let's talk Chet Holmgren. Let's talk about the Instagram post that's been running rampant for a week now. Uh, we'll also talk about SGA and everything else around the sun. You can drop your questions on YouTube and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles for that episode as well. Uh, but until then, as we get set for a impactful weekend in OKC with that Pacers game and the Suns looming. Be good and be good to one another.